Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. As always, my name is Tony Cavallo, and I am joined by Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio, and Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and we are the West Coast Gamblers, the only gambling show that makes you money. The best gambling show, dare I say, this side of the Mississippi. And this is coming from a man who's gone 0-2 in the past two weeks, but I'm, I'm, hel- I'm helped out. By my two co-hosts, Dangles, Mr. D'Angelo Antonio, the hottest gambler outside of the NFL season, 2-0 in his Brinks Trucks bets, hey. for the Sand Trap, going crazy with 72 golf bets, and some of them hit, some of them don't. He predicted the winner, the winner of the last tournament. It's been a crazy few weeks for the West Coast gamblers. We are ready to go. So so is the moral is the moral of the story then just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks? Is that how you win at our podcast? Do, guys, I know you're worried. Don't worry. Schaefer the I can't even say it. Schaefer the Sand Trap will be back later. Don't worry. I know you guys are worried. Don't worry. I'm not worried, but I am worried about both Tony Tires and Tony Top Shelf because both of those characters <laughs> came in hot and debuted with 0-1's bets after my Bruins got lambasted by the New Jersey Devils. I should have just taken the Lake Tahoe game. The Lake Tahoe game was sitting right there for me. That was the game I watched. That was the game I should have bet on. That was the game da- David Pasternak has a hat trick. We win 7-3. Come on. Those are the Bruins I know and love, yet they can't beat the Devils at home. Dangles, of course, wins his bet with uh, his English Premier League bet. The soccer debut of Dangles, the dangler, went 1-0. He went 1-0 in his college basketball bets in shape for the sand trap. Again, my guy, Max Homa, tell me you got a sand trap bet coming on because you're hot with taking guys who, who make a run and are right there at the cusp, except for that guy, Carlos Ortiz, who didn't make the cut. But we won't talk about him. We were not going to talk about Mr. Ortiz. He will not be on my card this week. But like I said, don't fear. Schaefer, the sand trap, is here. Oh boy, he's it's getting a little bit to I'm his terrified. head, Daniels. We got a big show today. We have to talk about the Carson Wentz trade that happened because another another quarterback was traded outside of their division, and and Drew has a lot to say about that, considering he's left with holding the hand of Jared Goff, and he thinks that's the same thing as holding the hand of Carson Wentz. We also are doing the top 10 backups in the NFL because we are continuing our West Coast Gamblers QB rankings. But coming up right after this, we're getting back on that horse. We're picking up ourselves. I'm taking my wallet out of my pocket and I'm throwing some money down to make sure we make you money as a podcast. A debut of a new Tony character coming up next. Left Coasters. 
Okay, boys, it is time to back up the Brinks truck with our Brinks truck bets of the week. Again, Tony Tires 0-1, Tony Top Shelf 0-1. We're throwing those guys to the curb. We have a new guy coming. But first, let's go to the hottest gambler on the show, Mr. 2-0, Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, my friend. What sport are you going into this week? Who are you backing up the Brinks truck with? We are looking to you. Our faith is in you. Guys, this was a tough one this week because I've, I've so far I've enjoyed the variety aspect of this. I like poking around and seeing what I can find and, and dipping my toes into different sports. But as I sat there looking at some of these lines and, and trying to juggle some of this stuff, it occurred to me that that sometimes in life you can't force it. You can't force a good thing and you just got to go back to the well sometimes. So that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to go back to the English Premier League. And I'm going to go back to Manchester City, who take on West Ham this weekend. They are plus 100 to win to nil. This is the same bet I took last week, meaning they have to win by a score of something to nothing, the other team having nothing. Now, Man City has held uh, held its opponent scoreless in eight of its last 10 games. So I feel like the numbers are kind of, uh, kind of in my favor here. But here's the kick and the pun is definitely intended. West Ham scores just about every game. They've played 25 games this year, and they've only not scored at least one goal in three of them. So it's not going to be easy, but West Ham is, or I'm sorry, Man City is far and away the best team in the Premier League right now. So until they until they show me otherwise, I'm going to keep going back to this. I'm taking Man City to win to nil over West Ham, plus 100. Dangles, I mean, you can't fault the logic. You, you were... Killed it last week with I this bet. Like You're going to kill it again. I kind of like it. I kind of like it too. But Shay for the sand trap. Uh, are we getting the great return? Look, if of, you're betting uh- with me. You are making money. That's that the bottom true. line. If you are betting with me, you're making money. I don't know how much more of a case I have to make. No, we cannot fault you. You are you are guiding us. You are a guiding light in these non-NFL times, and it's a scary time. In fact, we have a guy who will not stop calling himself a nickname we derided him with last week. Shay for the sand trap. You are here. You are ready to go. How many bets do we have this week? Are we crossing sports? Well, we, we might be some crossing sports soon, but I cannot believe I haven't had the opportunity to share my very quick war story, Tony Squares, because I do have a war story from last weekend, betting the beautiful Genesis Invitational. As you boys know, I live in Michigan. I've mentioned it once. Listeners of the show can drink. Drew says he lives in Michigan. I get it. But... As you also know, mobile betting has become legal. And boy, oh boy, every time I look at my phone, I have a different sportsbook app, and it's exciting. Drink and so again. When I found Dra- <laughs> so when I found DraftKings, when, you say, when I say you can bet on anything, you can bet on anything. And I saw a juicy, a juicy bet before the Genesis Open. You can actually bet nationality props, meaning I took my first low Asian bet, boys, I took my first low Asian. I bet Sung Kang, low Asian, plus 750. Now, there was only five Asians in this tournament. And the top two, the big dogs, Hideki, Matuza- Hideki Matuzama and SW Kim, missed the cut. My boy Sung Kang is leading the Asian low medalist. <laughs> I see you laughing, Tony Squares. He's leading the... He's the low medalist Asian going into the weekend. I'm all fired up. Plus 750. I got great odds. I wake up Saturday. I get ready to watch some golf. I notice Sun Kang's missing some par putts. Not looking good. My low Asian bet went up in flames. He shot an 83 on Saturday. And Sun Kang finished dead last. 67th. 
in the Genesis Invitational. So that's my war story. I hope you boys enjoyed it. It sounds like, sounds like, well, you can't hear Tony laughing, but he, he looks like he enjoys it. <laughs> I, I cannot say any joke right now for fear of, of getting canceled, but oh I'm happy God. you were allowed to take that bet, uh, the low Asian. Well, anytime you can take a low, Asian, low bet. Asian bet. I mean, I hope you have another one for us. After that war story, you got to be hitting us hard with a bet right now, my guy. Brings truck bet of the week. What does Schaefer the Sand Trap have? We're going right back to the well, and we are going to do some cross sports, like you said, Dangles. We're going to uh, the World Golf Championship in Bradenton, Florida. It's supposed to be in Mexico, but because of COVID purposes, they pushed it to Florida. They're playing um, a course that the PGA Tour has not uh, had a tournament at yet. So I'm very interested. It's called the Concession Golf Club in Bradenton, Florida. Now, I'm giving out three Schaefer the Sand Trap golf bets, and that's not including my best bet, boys. I know I kind of pushed the envelope here at West Coast Gamblers, but we're going to start. you got to remember, it's a World Golf Championship. Only 72 players in the field, boys. No cuts, meaning all players will have four rounds. This is important. Why? Well, obviously, in a typical field, you have 145 to 150 players. You have to worry about that cut line after the two rounds. So I'm taking guys with high ceilings, meaning, yeah, they might shoot a 70, 71, 72 one day, but all of these guys have the ability to go low. When I mean low, 65, 64s, and vault up the, vault up the leaderboard as the week goes on. Top 30, Victor Perez. This boy is six foot five and can swing it. It's a long course. It plays 7,500 yards. He has to finish in a top 30 for a plus 138. I think he's better than half the field. I got Victor Perez, top 30, plus 138. My other boy, Joaquin Neiman, spelled Joa Quinn. I love Joaquin Neiman. Top 20, he's an amazing ball striker with length. Top 20 pays plus 110. We're going to go Joaquin Neiman, top 20. And the last Schaefer of the Sand Trap golf bet for this weekend, Johnny Rahm, second player, second ranked player in the world behind Dustin Johnson. An amazing, amazing complete golfer. The guy can has a short game. He can hit it a mile. Great iron play. Top 10. Top 10, even money at plus 100. Love this bet. So we're going to go Victor Brez, top 30, plus 138. Joaquin Neiman, top 20, plus 110. And John Ram, John Rammer, top 10, plus 100. Now, what shirt am I wearing, boys? Tell the listeners. Uh, it's a Michigan sweatshirt, and I'm a little bit nervous at where you're going here. As our listeners know, we are going to make a grand, grand entrance to the world come March Madness time. We are fired up. We are prepping. We are studying. We are watching. I am going to dip my toes into the college basketball world. Tomorrow, there's a large game about 90 minutes west of me in Ann Arbor. The best team, dare I say, in the country, the best team in the country, the Michigan Wolverines, play the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa's coming in with a four-game winning streak. Michigan's won five in a row. These teams can light it up, and they can score. Last, the, during Iowa's uh, four-game win streak, they're averaging just under 80 points, 86 for the season. Michigan's won five in a row. The last five home games, they've averaged 80 points, and the, vi- the average margin of victory, 19.5. Iowa shoots 40% from the three and 70% from the free-throw line. Michigan, 38.5% from threes and 76% from the free-throw line. Boys, you know, I have an elevator in my house because I've been unders. The over on this game is 156. I am going over the total. This wow. is going to be a run-and-gun shootout. I think these teams light it up. I think it's competitive. Both these teams could score more, but they're in so many blowouts. This is going to be a great basketball game. Of course, I love the Wolverines. Probably sprinkle some to cover the four, but I love back up the Brinks truck, baby. Michigan, Iowa, tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern, over 156. I love that. I love that because as we go from Schaefer the Sand Trap to now, Tony Tires is dead. Tony Top Shelf is dead. Maybe they'll come back, but it's getting 
to that time of the year, folks. That time of the year where you watch two and a half weeks straight of college basketball and call yourself an expert so you can make the perfect bracket come Selection Sunday. It is getting to Conference Championship Week, even though now it's two weeks, because the Horizon League starts later tonight, the 25th of February, with number 12 Robert Morris facing number 5 Detroit in a game I am sure not to watch. But I will be watching most of those Championship Week's games because it's, again, win or go home to get a ticket, to punch that ticket to the NCAA tournament. There is nothing better than watching these small schools scrape it out. And I, too, am ready to take on the college basketball world. And I, too, am ready to head to that Michigan-Iowa game. And with the debut of Tony Turney, he is here to go and ready to win some money. Now, I I do want to say this. Drew, you saw that line at what? I had it at minus four. I can check right now if you'd like for me. Yeah, see, I've been shopping, folks. And this is why you should be shopping, too. Because I found that line at Iowa plus six. And that is the Tony Turney bet. Because Michigan, as good as they are, and I do agree, they look to be one of the best teams in the nation. Iowa themselves is ranked ninth right now, as Drew said, on a four-game winning streak. But Michigan, on a five-game winning streak, has this one thing that's holding them back. They just had their big game of the year. They just beat Ohio State, who is also a top-four-ranked team, and they beat them good. In the biggest game of their careers, they beat Ohio State for the first time a Michigan sports team beat an Ohio State sports team since I've been alive. Michigan finally won one, and they partied all weekend, and they gave out the beers, and they didn't care about training the next day, and they didn't go for those extra sprints because they knew they are a couple weeks away from tourney time, and this is a classic letdown game. I was hungry, folks. I was ready to strike back. I was ready to come in there and show them who's boss. I don't think they're going to win outright. But Iowa plus six at Michigan is the Tony Turney debut bet of the beginning of championship week. I can't wait. Dangles, I know you love championship wow. week as well, my friend. I do. I do love championship week. It's great. I was actually looking at some of the, the lines for the, uh, the, the the tournament this year thinking it was a little bit too far ahead. I wanted to get something that we could uh, capitalize on for next week. But uh, I was looking at, you know, Florida State looks real hot right now in that ACC tournament. You know, I like to look at some of those smaller conferences, too, like the, the Atlantic 10. The Horizon League, by the way, Tony, your matchup, the Robert Morris Detroit, you've got the Detroit Titans against the uh, Colonials of Robert Morris University, in case you of were course. wondering. A great matchup. Of course. That's what I was hoping for, the Detroit <laughs> Titans. I love that. I might just bet them for the name. That's the point, though. We have a few weeks right now to become experts because March 14th is Selection Sunday. We will be doing a Selection Sunday show. We will be showing you how to make your bracket, what brackets to pick, what teams to pick, and who's going to win it all. We're putting our money where our mouth is. We are the show that makes you money. So the job of us three hosts right here is to become experts in the next two and a half weeks, and that's how you do it during championship week. And I'm starting with Iowa plus six. Drew starting with the over 156 in that game. A must-watch game now for the West Coast Gamblers. But if that's all we got for the Brinks Truck Bets of the Week, and again, I have to say, shop around when you're making these bets. You have a chance to make some money on some different lines out there. But if that's it for the Brinks Truck Bet of the Week, let's uh, let's move on a little bit of Carson Wentz. Left Coasters.
Okay, folks, before we get to the top 10 backup quarterbacks in the West Coast Gamblers rankings, we have to talk about the big NFL news that happened last week. It actually happened the night after we recorded, and we just didn't have time to talk about this because it was a slam dunk trade. It was a crazy trade in the NFL. The NFL is starting to become like the NBA where these big-name players are switching teams at the beginning of the primes of their careers. Carson Wentz leaves Philly... (laughs) unbelievably so, gets traded away by Harry Roseman after he already fired Doug Peterson because he didn't want to play with Carson Wentz. He then trades Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts. Dangles, what are the particulars of this trade? What did Indy have to give up to get Carson? So Carson Wentz goes to the Indianapolis Colts from the Philadelphia Eagles. Reminder, he was taken second overall in 2016 behind Jared Goff, who went to the Rams, as uh, you all know, and uh, now is a Detroit Lion. Congratulations, Drew, on that excellent decision-making quarterback. Uh, The Indianapolis (laughs) Colts receive a third-round pick and a conditional uh, 2020, I'm sorry, a third-round pick for this year, 2021, and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first-round pick if Carson Wentz either plays 75% of snaps in 2021 or he plays 70% uh, of snaps and the Colts make the playoffs. Okay, so that's likely, barring injury, a first and a third. This year's third, next year's first for Carson Wentz. And to me, I think that's a hell of a bargain for Indianapolis because as we know, we saw Phil Rivers with them last year and they were a very potent team, a team that was a stone's throw away of making a run in the playoffs. I think their only hole right now has to be in that quarterback position. And I undoubtedly think Carson Wentz is a better player than Phil Rivers, but I understand through our text chain that we have outside of this show that I might be alone in this way of thinking. Drew, Carson Wentz comes in on a team that's ready to win the playoffs. Jared Goff comes in on a team that's set to rebuild. What's your thinking on this Carson Wentz trade? I've had time to marinate on uh, this trade. And given our text exchange, you know, I've kind of, I've shifted gears a little bit. Mm. Because you correctly pointed out, Tony, I thought the Colts kind of were going all in. The Colts really, they don't take on a whole lot of money or a whole lot of commitment here with Carson Wentz. Correct. And I think I think the thing is, if we're talking about the resurrection of the almost MVP candidate Carson Wentz and the guy that led the Philadelphia Eagles to the cusp of the Super Bowl and Nick Foles finished the job, Dangles, you might have remembered that game. I, it's, I don't think that guy's walking through the door anytime soon, but at the same time, what you said, Tony, was correct. The Colts are a very good team. They have a great offensive line. They have great young skill players, offensive players. They got a great defense and they're well coached. They don't need Carson Wentz to come in and be a top five quarterback. They need him to be an upgrade from Phillip Rivers. And I think they're right there. So obviously Philadelphia wanted to move on. It was very, very apparent that Carson Wentz wanted to move on. Mm-hmm. The, the deal got done. I think for the Colts, there's really nothing but upside. In a year and a half, they take some dead money. If it doesn't work out, they don't necessarily mortgage the whole future on him, which I incorrectly said originally based on not seeing the terms of the contract. Philly, I have no idea. I mean, you gotta hope the Colts you gotta hope the Colts are gonna give up that first round draft pick, assuming they play well and make the playoffs. So that's obviously a nice return for Philly. But I know the Colts, I know I know Carson Wentz was sacked most than any other quarterback in the NFL. I know he had zero help around him, playmakers, but guys, I mean, I watch a lot of football, as both of you do. He was so bad he was terrible. this year. He was so bad. And it wasn't just his physical ability. It was definitely between the years, um, decision-making. He looked very unsure of himself at all times, looked very easily frustrated, not knowing when to get rid of the ball. So I'm very curious about this. I can't really take a hard stand one way or the other. Um, I understand the Colts' perspective in doing this. Philly, I think, 
obviously, I mean, guys, Philly and the Rams are eating $56 million in dead cap money for a former number one and number two pick five years ago. That yep. blows my mind. Think about that. That's incredible. Um, but I think if you're the Colts, I think it's uh, I think it's a good move. And I think you have reason to be cautiously optimistic. Um, but that's kind of what I've kind of come to the conclusion. I don't think the Colts are bringing in Carson Wentz to be some kind of MVP candidate, top five perennial pro, pro bowler. I think they need him to be a very solid top 15, top 10, maybe top 12 guy and just kind of lead him to the next level because they're close. I mean, Philip Rivers got him there right this year. Yep. I'm, I'm a huge fan of this trade. I will take a stance on this trade. I think Indy it, it propels themselves to be up there with Kansas City and Buffalo next year. I really do with Carson Wentz. I think coming back to Frank Wright, coming back to that locker room, which is a little bit more... I don't know, it just seems a little bit more put together than what was going on in Philly. There's a lot less uh, uh, bad press coming out of that locker room than there was coming out of Philly. I just think Carson fits in that system, and you get your head right, then you get your play right. And again, in that Frank Reich offense, he was an MVP. He was an MVP. He was 11-2 and when he, lost that, uh, when he lost his knee to injury there in the Rams game. And that's, that's the Carson Wentz I expect to see. The question around it is, what are they going to add with this $52 million still in cap room to build to that team even more? Are they going to get a wide receiver? Are they going to get a defensive playmaker? Because they have all the pieces it takes to win right now. I am hugely on uh, a fan of this team right now. I am hugely going to put big money on their futures next year, presuming they fill some holes with those free agent moves. But I think this is an amazing, low-risk move for this indie team because they don't have to eat all the contract. They can literally get rid of them in two years for zero uh, dead cap space. And they're spending next year's first-round pick. If that's the worst thing they have to spend for a chance to win a Super Bowl, then, God, you'd do that every year. You would do that every year. And if Carson Wentz can return to a glimmer of that MVP form. The thing that scares me, though, is not only was he sacked more than anybody else, not only was he, he couldn't complete a slant route, he couldn't do anything, but seemingly to me, if you look back on those MVP highlights that he had before he got injured, his mobility and his, his ability to get down the field with his legs is not really there anymore, and I don't know if that is a, a fear from him from getting injured again, if he's trying not to, if he didn't want to put his body on the line for that Philly team anymore, which I understand as well. Will he be willing to use his legs and scramble a little bit and make those plays that were otherworldly a few seasons ago? They were Russell Wilson level of escapability and getting the ball down the field while on the run. It was unbelievable what we saw out of him. I still think it's there, and I really think it can happen in Indianapolis. And Frank Reich is the perfect person to hold him, you know, coddle him like a baby, make sure everyone's happy. There's already talk about Michael Pittman Jr. not wanting to give up his jersey number to Carson Wentz. All that stuff's got to get worked out, but I think this is a good fit, a great team, and I think this has a chance to be a real deal Super Bowl contender next year. Dangles, what do you think? Well, we talked about you know uh, how much I think we think that the, the uh, Indianapolis Colts did well in this trade and how much they won. Let's talk about the Eagles here. I mean, not only just basically signaling a full-on rebuild here, but let's not forget the Eagles spent five, count them five, that's a handful of draft picks to get Carson Wentz in 2016. Uh, they traded several of their picks that year, a pick the following year, and I think one pick in 2018 just to trade up to number two, to go from eight to number two and take Carson Wentz at that number two overall they give him an extension
extension, what, two years ago? A big fat extension, and they had to take a pretty sizable cap hit in order to let him go and move on from him. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for Carson Wentz. I agree with everything you guys said about how good a fit he is in Indianapolis, and the pieces just all make sense, and, and I think a fresh start can do a guy a lot of good in the NFL, especially when you know he's playing in a place he doesn't like, uh, which was the case with Wentz in Philadelphia. But I, you know, I think the Eagles here, I mean, it, if I'm an Eagles fan, this is a tough thing to have to watch because as good as Jalen Hurts looked um, and, you know, they've they've got some playmakers on that defense, but I mean, you know, their best players are aging. Fletcher Cox is not a spring chicken anymore. Um, Their secondary needs, needs a lot of help. Um, you know, Miles Sanders has been good, not great. I just think this is a team that is that is looking at a rough few years in that NFC East, which is not a hard conference to win in. Uh, but if I'm an Eagles fan, man, this is it's you know it, it's disappointing to see the franchise uh, end up somewhere else like this. It's a fall from grace, my man. And you, as a Patriots fan, I mean, come on now, it just proves over and over again how hard it was to do what the Patriots did when Philly won. When Philly won, they were, you know, riding Carson Wentz. He was a young QB. They had this great defense. They had all these playmakers, this hot shot new coach, Doug Peterson. And like that, it's literally gone. gone. It's gone. Like, we're it's not saying, gone. like, oh, it's all over. It's actually over. No one's there anymore. They erected a statue of two people who aren't in the building anymore. It's amazing how fast it can switch. Who would have thought, guys, that Doug Peterson's last good thing he ever did for the Philadelphia Eagles was week 17 of the regular season of 2020, clearly tanking before our eyes, had to deal with a week of media, and look where they are now. They have the sixth pick in the draft because of that. That's amazing. That's amazing to think about that. We were watching it before our eyes, a team tank for the first time in like that I can remember. They were trying to lose, and they got shit for it, but guess what? Clearly the right decision, and Peterson's not going to be around to, to, to reap the benefits, neither is Carson Wentz, but um, yeah, if I'm a Philly fan... What a weird world. I know, man. I, I actually feel bad for Jalen Hurts. I don't think he can do anything right now with that team that they're building around him. I like Jalen Hurts, too. I don't know. He's uh, He might be talked about in our next segment when we go through the top 10 backups in the West Coast Gamblers rankings. I'll tell you who won't be there, Nate Sudfeld. I'll tell you who won't be there, Carson Wentz. But who's number 42? Well, that's coming up next. Left Coasters. And we are back now continuing our list of the 2021 West Coast Gamblers rankings, where three of the hosts got got away individually to rank all 60 starters from last year's COVID-fueled seasons. All 61 through 60. We then take those three individual rankings, combine them together for the master list of the West Coast Gamblers. This is how you should look at these QBs going forward. When you're betting games in the future, when you're taking future odds on who's going to win the division, who's going to make the playoffs, when you're seeing these trades that are happening seemingly every week in the NFL, just how good is Deshaun Watson? Well, we'll tell you with this list. And today, we're doing the top 10 backups, numbers 33 through 42. Last week, we did the the basement barrel, the fan-controlled football division, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys watched any fan-controlled football. The product did not get any better. But we are going Shocker. through now 33 to 42. But to recap what the list was very quickly, number 60, congratulations, and Nathan Peterman Award went to Kendall Hinton. 59 was Ben DiNucci. 58, Brian Hoyer. 57, Jake Luton. 56, Jake Driscoll. 55 and 54 was a tie, Brett Rippian and Garrett Gilbert, respectively. 53 somehow was Dwayne Haskins, Joe Flacco coming in at 52, RG351, PJ Walker, my guy, number 50, 49, Ryan Finley, 48, Brandon Allen, 47, Colt McCoy, 46, uh, Mason Rudolph, 
Almost called him Kyle Rudolph. It's getting to that time of the night. 45, Mike Lennon, 44, Nick Mullins. And then to end the list was 43, Kyle Allen selling you a car. 42, we are here at the top 10 backups. And I don't believe this man belongs. I'll be right up front with it. This man also has the highest differential out of anyone on the list we're going to talk about today. A full 14 spots of difference between where Dangles put this man and where Drew put this man. So I'm going to sit back and let you guys talk about it, okay? In 2017, the first time we did this list, he came in at 21st. He came in the next year also at 21st. 38th the year after that, a precipitous fall. He did not play a snap last year. And then this year, he had one start, which we were to go off of, before a golf tee was shoved into his lung, leaving a hole deflating it all and allowing Justin Herbert to rise up these rankings. But first, we talk about the man who got left behind, number 42, the 10th backup in the league, Dangles. You had him at 50th. Drew, you had him at 36 somehow. <laughs> T-Mobile, Tyrod Taylor. I will give the floor to Shea for the Sharp. <laughs> Drew, yes, please. Explain to me. Oh, that's good. Go ahead, Dangles. No, you, you, you lead the way, pal. Me? What do I have to say? I ranked him 50th overall. He, he played in two games. He, he completed... He completed I, I don't even know how many passes, but that's he, all 50, I need to hear from you. Thanks. He, that, he that's completed two hundred yards. He didn't. He didn't play. He didn't play at all. And how how does he end up at third because of what he did with Buffalo a few years ago? I just I'm 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 no, perplexed because of the content of his character, Dangles. I only I mean, measure. Look, bad things happen to good people sometimes. Okay. Yeah, a horrible thing happened to a very good person, and he didn't sue. He didn't sue the franchise. <laughs> he didn't kick and scream. He nurtured Justin Herbert. You know how valuable that is for a franchise. He could have caused so much shit, and yet a man—he's not a big enough deal to cause that much shit with a knife. He, they punctured his lung with a knife. They could have ended his career. That's why I have him as easily a top ten backup. You want that guy in your team? End of story. Well, but again, argument. eventually this backup might have to see the field, and that's what I'm going off of when I'm making these rankings, and Tyrod Taylor should not be seeing the field. I can't believe you have him at 36. That's the fourth backup on our list. He is not that good of a quarterback anymore, Drew. I bet the Los Angeles Chargers season-long under, knowing Tyrod Taylor was going to be the quarterback of the future there, at least for that season. Thankfully, Herbert and Anthony Lynn made it happen, but again, I had no fear taking that under because T-Mobile stinks. So other than the carry is there any other reason you think he deserves to be the fourth backup on this list i think that tyrod taylor given the correct system is a valuable backup quarterback in this league because what he does in the locker room and development and if he needs a spot start for a game or two or maybe four weeks i think he's fine i really do that's what i think dangles you had him 50th anything you want to say to end this conversation here I mean, I had him 50th. I think that that says about all of it. Look, I re- I do feel bad for Tarad. Like this, this you just can't you can't plan for something like that. And and the fact that he took it with such grace, to your point, Drew, is absolutely admirable. A guy I want in my locker room because he could have been a diva about it. I personally don't think he has quite enough of uh, uh, that gravitas as a player to really do that. You gotta you gotta be more of a, a contributor to to be able to throw those kind of tantrums when things don't go your way. But I, I am glad that he handled it like a like not a head case um uh, and uh you know uh, but he's not the 37th best quarterback in the nfl not in any book i want to say something in closing i may have overrated tyrod taylor slightly (laughs) you think Uh, okay tyrod taylor thank you for sneaking your way into number 42 overall number 41 
This guy before has been ranked pretty low, but he comes in at 41 because of what he did at the end of the season, and he almost got himself a Super Bowl ring, but Chad Henney comes in at 41, and we all agree that he should be there. Again, Dangles, I don't think it's even a question. I would much rather begrudgingly hand the ball off to Chad Henney than Tyrod Taylor. I believe I trust that guy, even though you never thought you would be saying that until this year. A true game manager, and I got to see a lot of Chad Henney in Jacksonville. He was a starter there for a while, and yeah, absolutely, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, you know, come back from twenty-one points down. He's not gonna, you know, he's not gonna win for you when you're down at halftime. But you put him in, um, you know, when when the clock's ticking down, he showed he can still do it even at his age for the Chiefs uh, 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 this year. So hey, I mean, I think forty's a good spot for him. He's he's old though. I mean, he's not gonna be in the league for too much longer. I don't think. Nope. My favorite Chad Henney story, recently my friend was on vacation. And he texted me and he said, dude, someone just asked my wife if I was Chad Henney. And I replied, did they think Chad Henney was 5'9", 170 pounds? Chad Henney coming in at number 41 on this list. Number 40, another guy that had a pretty big difference. 12 spots difference, again, between Dangles, who had him high, and Drew, who had him low. Oh, this will be good. I came in right at the middle, exactly where we landed at number 40. Number 40 is... The man who replaced the new Detroit Lions quarterback, Mr. John Wofford. Dangles, you had him as high as 37th, which is just off the cusp of starting in this league. Drew, you had him as low as 49th. The court is going to go with the defense first. So John Wofford, my man. Drew, what's wrong with John? He's five foot nine, 165 pounds, first of all. He so runs he's your a wishbone size. tee. Oh, pfft. check the tape, Dangles. Check the tape. If you want to have a dick measuring contest, we can do that later, pal. Um, anyway, John Wofford, he clearly was a change of pace guy. I, I liked his grit, but literally, if you look at his picture, just his face bothers me in general. Um, 6'1", 200 pounds. I don't think he really could be a sustainable quarterback for more than like two weeks. He was a, <laughs> literally, I mean, he was a run first guy. He kind of ran all over the place. Um Got a neck injury like a, a few plays into it. Yeah, so I mean, again, change of pace guy, great. We have plenty of those. We have plenty of those guys on the list. I think in the smallest sample size that we have for him, um, he took you know thirty eight snaps. I know his stats. You know, he threw for two hundred thirty one yards, one pick, no TDs, passer rating of sixty four and a half. I think if John Wolf- John Wolford would have played sixteen games, he wouldn't have made it past about four. He's just not an NFL quarterback. I uh, Again, we're a few weeks out of compiling this list, and I, I do believe I might have had John Wofford a touch too high, but Dangles, you had him at 37th overall, the fifth backup in the league. What did you see in the two, the really the a game and a second of another game from John Wofford that had you singing his praises? Yeah, maybe it was just that, maybe it was just that one game, because I just got done trashing Drew for ranking a guy 37th who played one game this year and actually has a record in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I, I, I kind of liked, liked what I kind of liked what, look, I, 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 I can see it for both sides. I, I liked I liked what I saw from Wolford. Um, the one game that he did play, like you know, I didn't throw a touchdown. Like you said, he's a run first guy. Um, but again, game manager was able to complete passes. Um, he he looked like he might potentially be trustworthy. Um, you know, in a backup situation. And look, maybe I was a little uh, uh, you know starstruck by the whole just uh, the circumstances surrounding the situation. I'm looking at my own list and I, I I'm realizing I ranked him above uh, Sam Darnold, which is making me go what. Kind of as I'm looking at it right Daniels, now. I don't want to bring up Sam Darnold yet because you're an idiot, and I'm ready to roast you on your Sam Darnold take very soon. We're gonna to have to wait till next okay, week. Okay, we'll, we'll, fucking we'll, buffoon. We'll, we'll 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 get there. As, as for somebody who may very well end up being my next quarterback, depending on how things shake out. Um, but I mean, I think I might have ranked Wolford a touch too high, but I do like what I saw from the kid, and and I hope he gets some opportunities to to to, to play again. I mean, just stepping into the role he did from a from coming from a nobody, it's always fun to see that. 
from a guy who was a touch too high to a guy who's perfectly ranked. Number 39th is coming up next. In 2018, we had him 38th. In 2019, we had him 40th. He comes in right in the middle at 39th. We all had him around here. C.J. Bethard, have you, give yourself a hand. I believe C.J. Bethard is a top 10 backup in this league. I think it's a perfect spot. I don't think he ever deserves to be a starter, but I think he should be holding the clipboard for the rest of his career, definitely. C.J. Bethard, Drew, why'd you have him ahead of Nick Mullins? I think the whole world should have him ahead of Nick Mullins. Am I right? And and tape. I mean, Nick Mullins <laughs> is a dumpster fire compared to C.J. Bethard. And those guys, I, 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 I actually, I'll go one, I'll go one step further. I think C.J. Beathard could carve himself uh, a real long career as an NFL backup because I think yep. he's I think he's that capable. I really do. Yep. I I would love to have him as a backup quarterback. I think he's awesome for, yep. for that role specifically. Fantastic. I'm a big Beathard guy. Obviously, the tragedy that happened with his brother is it's it's, it's a great story to follow and he's super inspirational. And the dude is just I mean I was really impressed with him, man. I really am. I, I think I he's a great too. backup quarterback. I was too. I, I think fact, he, I, he probably he might have been the best quarterback on the 49ers this year. To be honest with you. He truly uh, might have. I think he definitely has a Charlie Whitehurst career set up in front of him. Dangles, you got anything on C.J. Bathar before we move to 38? Because I know you're going to have something for number 38. Nah, let's just get right to it. Number 38. He's been on this list every single year we've done this list. He started at 30th, rose as high as 18th. He now falls to 38th. This man is a Super Bowl winner. Joining Joe Flacco is the only Super Bowl winner we've talked about so far. Oh, well, I guess, you know, the Super Bowl starter. Uh, Dangles. You had him as low as 39, uh, 43rd. I had him as high as 36. He comes in at 38th. My question to you boys is, do we ever have another year where Big Dick Nick falls the starter in this NFL? No, and I'm not going to... I'm, I'm, no. so, I'm so sick of explaining why <laughs> Nick Foles fucking blows to all of you. Nick Foles sucks. He fell into a Super Bowl. He sucked with the Jaguars. He did not he fall into a Super with the Bowl. Bears. Yes, he did. He fucking sucks. I don't care what you say. I am tired of explaining it. Nick Foles barely deserves to be on this list. He barely deserves to be in the NFL. I'm done. <laughs> I have nothing to add, Tony. Let's move on. I have nothing to add. I think he sucks first as well. Off, first well said, off, Dangles. I don't think I don't think he first I don't think he sucks. Was that Pinocchio over there? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I love how sucks. I'm the idiot here and not the guy who thinks that he's actually good. He isn't. No, is, I don't think he's actually good. I think he deserves to be where he is. 38th overall, a top 10 backup. This man won a Super Bowl very recently. I think he, again, as Drew said many a time in this podcast, in the right system, Nick Foles can succeed. That system is no. not Matt Nagy's system. I don't think any quarterback can succeed Chad in Matt Henney Nagy's system. Chad Henney also won a Super Bowl recently. That doesn't put him higher on the list in my book. He's still but a Nick backup Fol- quarterback. Nick Foles actually won it. Nick Foles slung the rock during those whole playoffs. He won game after game after game. Nick Foles did the damn thing, Look, and it wasn't that long ago. even a broken Eli Manning is right twice in a decade, okay? I'm just saying. Like, it happens. Every once in a while, the blind squirrel finds the nut. That is what happened with that Eagles team. He comes in at 38th. He's a top 10 backup. The answer to the question I presumed, I also believe, is no. I don't think Big Dick Nick is ever a starter again in this league, but I think he's deserving to be in the league. I think he's very deserving to be on this top 10 list to backups 38th is a good spot for him drew no i i you know i i'm out on nick Foles completely i think the super bowl performance that playoff performance i think is probably one of the greatest nfl anomalies of our generation uh for sure but um i've seen enough of him the last couple years to really think uh very low of him as a quarterback in the nfl i'm not uh he is the not a um 
He is the textbook Not definition impressive. of an NFL anomaly because he's only done two <laughs> noteworthy things and in his entire career tripped and fell into a Super Bowl and had that like last half of his season and I forget what year where he threw 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. He that's, threw seven the, touchdowns in a game and NFL the, record. And that's good for him. Congratulations. Again, you know, you anybody can be anybody can be a hero if the circumstances are right. Um, I just don't to a Super Bowl and one really good season does not a good quarterback make in my book not enough respect thrown Nick Foles way and we just talked about or I guess the world just talked about not enough respect going up to this next quarterback's way he comes in at 37th and Dangles this is the first time we're going to be talking about a quarterback that one of us had ranked as a starter. Dangles had this man ranked pretty high 13 spots difference between Dangles and Drew once again He's also been on this uh, list for five straight years. He came in at number 11th in 2017. Number 8th, the 8th overall quarterback in 2018. 18th two years ago, 21st last year. He falls all the way to 37th this year. Diggity Dangles, the starting quarterback for your New England Patriots of last year. Cam Newton comes in at 37th overall. Dangles still believes he's a starter. He had him 29th overall. Drew believes he shouldn't be in the league. He had him 42nd overall. Let's start off with the man who captained your team, Dangles, the man who made the Patriots miss the playoffs for the first time since Matt <laughs> Castle. What happened to Cam Newton? Is this I, a right spot for him on the list? I don't put that entirely on Cam, I, uh, for starters. I think there were a lot of factors that went into that. Um, we did have some opt-outs, albeit they weren't major names like Marcus Cannon, pa- Patrick Chung, but they were, they were role players. They are guys who go out there and grind and play a lot of a lot, a lot of snaps. Um, I've talked many times about the wide receiver uh, uh, issues that we had. We, you know, we, we had trouble keeping Sony Michelle healthy. Damian Harris was a bright spot. That was great. But I just, I think there were a lot of things that just didn't come together for the Patriots this year. Uh, their lack of offense being a, a huge part of it. And, and of course you can put that on the shoulders of the quarterback, but I mean, you know, Cam said the other day, other day, I don't believe there are 32 guys in the league who are better than me. And I, I tend to agree with him. I don't think there are 32 guys in the league who are necessarily better than Cam Newton um, in the right situation with the right offense that might not be bill belichick that might not be with my patriots and that's fine i I think he was put in a really difficult situation being the successor to tom brady and expected to come in and win for a team that had won consistently for 20 years i mean you know you could you could make the argument that he's set up to fail i don't know that i would but you could make that argument um you know He's not a good passer. Let's just like let's let's put it all out there. He's not no, a he's good not. passer, and he has and you know what? The, you can't even blame injury because uh, the injuries that he's had shoulder surgery on has been to his non throwing arm. So I don't know what happened to Cam the passer. Um, you know, unless you're designing runs for him, he's he's not doing a lot for you these days. Uh, but I do still think he is a starter uh, in the NFL. A former MVP, now 37th on our list. Drew, you had him as low as 42nd. Yeah, I don't I don't think that. Uh... There's 32 quarterbacks that um, are better than him. I know that there's 32 quarterbacks better than him. He is completely just, I mean, I watched a lot of Patriots games as you did, Dangles. I mean, listen, man, I like your fanhood, but Cam Newton's like, he's not, he's not an NFL quarterback anymore just based on his arm. Like he can't, he can't throw, he, he can't throw the ball. Like everyone talks about all the year, how he would just be missing these, you know, receivers. The, here's the thing about Cam Newton. And, and this is why I have him as the 40-whatever-ranked quarterback because I do think his quarterbacking profession, especially at the starter level, is done. However, the dude ran for 592 yards and 12 touchdowns this year. The dude's still 6'5", 245 pounds. He's 31 years old. Yep. What Cam Newton needs to do, he needs to invent some kind of 
hybrid position where he takes some snaps, he get he gets some touches, and is a complement to a starting quarterback. I think he, there's a legitimate career for him in that starting quarterback. Zero chance. The guy can't throw. He can't. He just simply can't throw. And yeah. I don't believe any kind of you know surgery or, or, or rehab or whatever in the offseason is going to make that any better. I don't know what happened to his arm. He looks like Iron Mike out there. He's not a starting <laughs> NFL quarterback, but I do think, given his age and his size, I absolutely think he can be um, productive in this league for years to come based on his ability. I really believe it. He just needs to kind of get off, I'm a starting quarterback thing because it's just it's just not accurate he's he's terrible terrible it's a it's also i mean it's not a footwork issue it's not something that you know he's never been an accurate quarterback he has not been the accuratest of quarterbacks that's not a word the most accurate of quarterbacks but he's definitely been better than what he showed in the new england years and the end of his carolina years i could not believe some of the throws he just simply could not make and again it's a hindrance to your offense if he's your starting quarterback and it's also a hindrance if he's your backup quarterback because again you have to plan a system around him there is no system in the NFL that I think Cam Newton can play in right now maybe Baltimore's but even then I I, I, I don't know if I'd rather have RG3 than Cam Newton but Cam Newton you gotta have a place for him and I think Drew's right where you gotta kind of use his abilities in a way that is not a starting quarterback I think he needs to be a Taysom Hill somewhere and I don't know if his he's you know a former MVP First overall pick, a Heisman, a national champion. Like, I don't know if he's going to be okay with being at somebody's Taysom Hill. Um, but it's interesting. I do believe also, as well as Nick Foles, the days of starter Cam Newton is behind us. And that stinks because he even had moments this very year against Seattle, against the first Buffalo game where he he had those games won. You know, he was making plays and he was making moves and the Patriots were winning these games against future AFC champion players. Like, they, he was playing good ball, but then it just all sort of fell apart as the year went on. I don't really understand where you place him or how it happens. But yeah, I'm with you, Drew. He's not a starter in this league. He comes in at 37th on our list. Dangles, anything to say before we close out your man Cam? Do you want him back in the New England I, next I, year? I, I don't know that I. I don't know that I would say I want him back. Um, but I just I I, I don't oh, I, I don't I don't believe that he's washed yet. <laughs> I don't I don't think I I would rather I would rather honestly I would rather us try and make a play for somebody like Sam Darnold who can actually throw the ball. But again, the, the quarterback's only as good as the guys he's throwing to. And, and we don't have anybody to throw to in, in New England right now. Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers aren't, aren't going to cut it. Gunnar Olszewski isn't going to cut it. We don't have guys in our wide receiving stable right now who, who can make plays for us. So we need to get that figured out just as much as anything else. And, I, and I'm very hopeful this year that Belichick in the draft actually makes some splashiness as far as our offense as opposed to just doing the little dink and duck defensive stuff that he likes to do where he takes a cornerback in the first round or, or a linebacker. We need help on defense, but we really need help on offense we need weapons moving on from the 37th ranked cam newton uh we go to 36 this man's second year in the league last year he was ranked 30th on our uh on our on our list i had him a little bit higher this year 29th i do believe this man is a low tier starter in this league you are the other two of you did not he comes in at 36 right where dangles had him gardner Minshew. is Minshew mania over my boys whatever he's whatever <laughs> i'm not impressed with 
I, I mean, look, again, a fun story to follow, I mean, right? Like Minshew Mania was cool when everybody was wearing the no mustaches and his and his dad came on uh, and his his dad came on. Don't be a Grinch, nice Drew. His, you're about you're about to be a dad. Don't be a Grinch. Um, you know, he, 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 he was a fun story to watch. Um, but look, the Jaguars would be stupid to not take the future quarter, their future quarterback in either Trevor Lawrence or Zach oh, no, Wilson yeah. with the yeah. first two with one of the first two picks. So I, I do think Minshew Mania is unfortunately over. He's still young, though. It's not to say he maybe that, couldn't, you know, land somewhere else. That's the crazy part of this list is that in this draft, we are likely getting five, at least five first-round quarterbacks taken. So this list, you know, 29th right now is, you know, suddenly it's out of the league next year, you know. So it's you got to keep your spot going. And 36, he comes in at guard and 35th is a guy who who I think uh, made sure that he's going to be in this league for at least the next five years. He's also been on this list for the past five years, 17th in 2017, 26th in 2018, 28th, and then 32nd. He comes now in 35th, and I think it's a perfect spot for him. Dangles thinks he could be a starter in this league. Andy Dalton comes in at 35th. I think you get what you pay for, man. I think he's a high-level backup. I think he can do the job. I don't think he's going to win you games. I don't think he's going to take you to the playoffs, but I think he can keep the ship sailing smoothly. Drew? Uh, Print it. Move on. Okay, Andy Dalton, that's all you got. Dangles, you think he could be a low-tier starter or anything on the Red Rifle before we move on? I do I do just want to, you know, give him a little credit for stepping into a really tough situation in 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 Dallas. I mean, he he Going ended 5 up, and 11. He ended up he he ended up winning a few games for him. He completed 65% of his passes, threw for over 2000 yards. He he had a decent touchdown pass to interception ratio. He we wasn't lost. Ben DiNucci. He, he wasn't, wasn't Garrett he Gilbert. He wasn't Ben DiNucci. Dallas, uh, I'm just reading the stat here. Dallas went 4 and 3 from weeks 11 to 17 where he threw for the sixth most touchdowns, 13, and the 11th most yards. So look, this is a guy who I think, you know, could continue to start on maybe on a bad team if you absolutely need him. Is he who I want as my starter? No, but I think he could be a low-tier starter in this league. Speaking of a guy who I don't think could be a low-tier starter, but he comes in at 34th on this list. He was 34th last year, too. 21st the year before that, and 30th his rookie season. You two had this guy a little bit higher. We have 11 spots of difference on this gentleman with me being the low man. I understand I'm talking to you right now with a Green Bay backdrop, a Packers backdrop, and we're about to be talking about a Bears quarterback who has made me so much money over the past few years. But how do you guys dare tell me that Mitch Trubisky deserves to be a starter in this league after seeing the past two years of his career? I believe he's a terrible quarterback. I had him 39th, and that was high for me. He comes in at 34th because both of you had him as a low-tier starter. Defend your boy Mitch Trubisky right now because, to me, there's no reason. Cam Newton and Mitch Trubisky, I'd rather have Cam Newton. I'm being dead serious. I'll defend Mitch Trubisky right now. I mean, he literally led his team to a backdoor playoff appearance. Now they got waxed in the playoffs, and he was clearly incapable. Of, he was incapable uh, doing anything. He couldn't. In that he game. couldn't do a goddamn thing in that game. And New Orleans yes, was not but, a good team. But, but he led his team to the playoffs. He's a he's he's great with his legs, and I still think. The thing about Trubisky is if this guy was drafted like a Gardner Minshew in the sixth round, he wouldn't get nearly as shit. Like, obviously, the reason he gets so much shit is because they traded up to number two and passed Mahomes and Watson to draft this guy. I feel bad for the guy. I mean, it was just a terrible draft pick. Um, He won won the Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player based off of a fan vote because they were making fun of him. That's Mitch Trubisky. He's not a starter in this league, Drew. Again, Tony, I'm I'm, I'm looking right here, man. He led... led he led his team quietly three straight wins in December to again backdoor in the playoffs. Uh, Weren't they nine I don't and know. seven? I mean, yeah, or maybe they were even eight and eight. I don't even know. 
So um, again, uh, that's who cares that's what their useless. record is if they made if they made the postseason. I mean, Chica- like, that listen, does, to me that that he, doesn't really matter. Chica- they made the postseason because of their defense and because they decided to run the ball with David Montgomery, who at the end of the year was running at a, a Derrick Henry you type know how many level. Times the Patriots made the playoffs for that exact reason. But they don't win. Like, again, Tom Brady won those games. Mitch Trubisky, whenever you see Mitch Trubisky across the field from you, you're a Lions fan and a Patriots fan. If you had to watch Mitch Trubisky against your team, you are considering that a victory for your team. You just are. At no point does Mitch Trubisky strike the fear of God into you. He should not be a starter in this league. It's I'd rather a, have Gardner Minshew. I'd rather have a million are, other people. I don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. I mean, I, I, I give the guy kudos for, I mean, look, he lost his job to, again, fucking Nick Foles. Nick who, Foles. Who I'd also rather of, have. Of all people. Nick Foles, he no. lost his job to. No. Absolutely not. Not in a million years. No. Not in a million years would I rather that's, have Nick Foles. Tony, that's, that that's, just asin- you, that's just asinine. You can asinine. watch Nick Foles. No, absolutely. You can't watch Nick Foles and Mr. Trubisky and tell me that Nick Foles is a better option at quarterback than Mr. Trubisky. Uh, yeah, his last absolutely six games, not. The Bears did that, his, his and they found out games, it wasn't the case. Right, and and listen, Trubisky's last six games, again, he's not setting the world on fire. He was 3-3. Three and three. He threw for 11 touchdowns and five picks, 3-3, three and three, and over 200 yards a game. Again, don't kill the messenger here, Tony. I have him 31st. I'm, I'm not saying he's a top 15, <laughs> top 20 guy. I have him as literally probably one of the worst stars in the league, and I think that's fair, as does Dangles. Well, let's move on now to the final backup, the top backup, the best backup in the NFL, according to the West Coast Gamblers. And I'm saying again, I had this guy one level higher. I had him as the worst starter in the league, and I think after watching some more tape on him, I think we were a little bit too high on him. I think we were a little bit drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit because this kid's story was immaculate. In fact, he came in this list in 2019, the only year we've had him on this list. He was our 52nd-ranked quarterback. Shut up. Shut up through the rankings because he was the only one that gave the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks a scare in the playoffs. The top backup in the league, Mr. Taylor Heineke. Dangles, uh, Drew, you had him at 29th overall. I had him at 32nd. Dangles had him at 35th. Gentlemen, am I wrong to think we might have be, be a little bit too high on Taylor? He has a lot to prove next year. I think I had him right where he belongs. You guys might be a little bit high on Taylor Heineke. I think 35th is a nice, nice... I had him I had him personally on my list at 35th. Yep. I think that's a nice, nice little spot uh, uh, you know, for him. He signed a two-year, $8.75 million extension earlier this month. You don't really know what the situation is going to be for the football team going forward at their cornerback, but you don't just pay a guy that much money because, you know, to ride the bench. Obviously, they see something in him. You know, they clearly see something in him if they're keeping him around. I, I, I agree. They definitely see something in him. Before you go, Drew, I just want to say I rewatched that uh, Tampa Bay-Washington football team playoff game, and again, Heineke was making some plays, yes, but he was not making plays that you'd want out of your quarterback. He was making plays where like five seconds have passed, the play's dead, let's see what can happen. He just runs around to the corner and dives for the pylon. Very exciting to watch, especially when you're like me who had Washington football team plus 11 in that game. I loved watching that game, but looking at this list right now, I'm not sure he's the top backup in the league. Drew, you have him as a low-tier starter. I do, because I think he was the best quarterback like much like CJ Beathard on the 49ers, I think he was probably the best quarterback on the Washington football team that year. I really do. He I he gave that you. offense, he he gave he gave that offense different looks 
And here's the thing, in all seriousness, when I was joking about Tyrod Taylor, like he has that immeasurable thing in that one game. Again, one game sample size, but I loved his grit, his determination. I loved his teammates. Remember Chase Young run down the sidelines to pick him up when he dove for the touchdown? He looked almost immediately. He had control of that huddle. And I think the guy's like playing for him. So I'm I'm kind of a fan. Now, again, this could be like Garner, this could be Minshew Mania 2.0 next year. Yeah. But that's the beauty of these rankings and one game sample size. I'm just saying, from what I saw with him on that primetime playoff game, I was very, very impressed. And I think he has a chance to position himself for to compete for a starting job. I really do. I, I liked what I saw. Taylor Heineke, the top backup on the West Coast Gamblers quarterback rankings. That's it, number 33. Next week, we're going to be diving into the starters, and there's more arguments to be had. We've already given you a preview of how dumb Dangles was with the rankings of Sam Darnold. But, hey, we're going to be moving forward. We talked these things out. You know, we might get angry with each other. We might call each other names. But at the end of the day, the list knows all. Schaefer the Sharp, Matthew Dangles, D'Angelo Antonio. My name is Tony Cavallo. This is the West Coast Gamblers. And as always, thank you for listening. Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast.